Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show nationwide. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Glad to have you with me. Let's get started. The big story of the day, and it actually is a big story. I'm, I'm, I guess I shouldn't be surprised how big a story it is, but it actually is, is Stacey Abrams down in Georgia caught not wearing a mask in front of a bunch of kids. There are a number of things to to get to in this, but the first thing I want to do is get this out of the way. A number of, of commentators nationwide have said, man, Brian Kemp should just get the, the, the legislature, they're in session and pass a law that say no more mask mandates in the states. And, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea. David Perdue, who is running against Brian Kemp in the Georgia Republican primary for governor, has already put out an ad attacking Brian Kemp over the Stacey Abrams mask stuff, making it about Kemp. Um, Remember, he said he was going to run a positive campaign. But here's the thing that those of you out of Georgia need to understand. Uh, Georgia is pretty much mask-free. And the only places that are filled with masks at this point are progressive enclaves where if you banned masks, the parents would still have their children show up to school in the masks. So it really doesn't do a whole lot of good. But what's so really interesting here is is Abrams, according to her statement about it, made the people put their masks on made them put their masks on. Now, there's a lot to be said about a progressive public school. You need to understand, those of you not in Georgia, Decatur is the progressive enclave of the progressive enclave. You know, like, uh, so so David Perdue lives down on Sea Island, the Cloisters, very ritzy resort. It's a gated island, and to get to David Perdue's house, you got to go through a gated uh, guard gate to get to his house that's already on a gated island. Decatur's like that for progressives. You go through progressive Atlanta to get to really progressive Decatur. Uh, you got to go through the one gate into the other, the into the gate of hell to get all the way down to Dante's Inferno, which is Decatur. Lovely downtown area, wonderful people, great restaurants, but my gosh, it's like the San Francisco of, of Atlanta. And those people live in perpetual terror of covid They've all had it, mind you, but they're scared to death of it still. So they would make their kids wear the masks anyway. But they let Stacey Abrams come into a public school. Another reason the Georgia legislature should fund school choice. Not only that, but if you look at the picture of Stacey Abrams, and by the way, if you haven't seen it, if you text DATA to 33777, I'll send you back a link to my daily email and you can see this picture. It's Abrams surrounded by a bunch of white kids. I mean, is there a, there's one, I see one. I see one black child in the, nope, there's two, three, four, five black children, six black children, I count. Seven, maybe seven or eight black kids. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, whole lot more white and Asian kids, mostly white. Now, this is notable in and of itself because the school where this took place 
is in a traditional black neighborhood where the uppity whites have come in and gentrified it and driven up property values and pushed out a lot of the poorer black community. And so now the school, which had been a traditional uh, majority minority elementary school, is now majority majority. Majority white kids because of gentrification in the area. And Abrams is there with all the white kids surrounding her, all of them in masks, with Abrams wearing no mask at all. And we find out she made them all wear masks. There were multiple pictures out, by the way, of Abrams with all these people wearing masks and her not. She took down the picture after all the outrage about it and now has an ad out. Uh, I, I, I thought this was a joke at first. It's real. Uh, there's an ad out for a social media manager for Stacey Abrams' campaign. Guess they fired the last person. But the campaign doubled down on the masking. The campaign doubled down on this. Here's the problem we're dealing with nationwide. It's not just Stacey Abrams forcing kids to put on masks so she doesn't have one. It's happening around the country. Democratic politicians, it's not Republican politicians, Democrat politicians in Democrat areas are behaving as if the rules apply to you and not them. So it's Democrats and Democratic enclaves. Gavin Newsom, the governor of, of California, at the Rams 49ers game, not wearing a mask. He says, oh, it's because I was drinking a beer. No, there was no beer in his hand. And there was video of him uh, mingling with the crowd, not wearing a mask. The mayor of Los Angeles, not wearing a mask, claimed he was holding his breath in the picture with Magic Johnson. Nobody believes him. And now there's another picture out today, Alyssa Slotnick. She's a congresswoman from Michigan pulling a Stacey Abrams in a crowd of masked people, and she's taking a selfie with them. She's got no mask on. The governors of Delaware and New Jersey are announcing they're getting rid of mask mandates. Uh, one of them, I believe, in, in March, the other sooner than that. They're, as, as the Omicron wave declines, they want to get rid of masks. They realize that there is a problem now. They themselves have become out of touch. There will always be Chicken Littles out there. Do you remember the story of Chicken Little? I guess the actual story, the way I, I uh, grew up learning it, the original is Henny Penny. Henny Penny, Chicken Little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. One day, Henny Penny was picking up corn in the rickyard when whack, an acorn hit her upon the head. Goodness gracious me, said Henny Penny, the sky is going to fall. I must go tell the king. So long she went along, she went, and when she went along, she met Cocky Locky. Where are you going, Henny Penny, said Cocky Locky. I'm going to tell the king the skies have fallen. May I come with you, says Cocky Locky. Certainly, says Henny Penny. And then they met Ducky Daddles. And then they met Goosey Boozy. And then they met Turkey Lurkey. They're all going to tell the king the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Why? Because Henny Penny was hit on the head by an acorn and was convinced it must be the sky falling. And they went and met up with Foxy Woxy, who says, where are you going? To tell the king the sky is falling. Well, says Foxy Woxy, follow me. This is a shortcut to the king's palace. You'll get there if you follow me. I'll go first, you follow me. And Foxy Woxy led them into the fox den, into his burrow. And one by one, they went in first turkey lurkey. The fox kills him. And then Goosey Boosey, 
goes in and the fox kills him. And then Turkey Lurkey goes in and the fox kills him. And then Cocky Locky, before he can get through the door, he can't help himself, but he goes, Cock-a-doodle-doo. And the fox gets him. And Henny Penny, she says, oh, my goodness, it must be morning. It's time to lay an egg. She turns around and runs home and lays her egg, totally forgets the sky was falling, as if nothing had ever happened. Saves her life. Everybody else killed by the fox. This is where we are with the COVID chicken littles in progressive enclaves. They're ruining their kids. They don't care. They're ruining their kids' ability to relate. They're ruining their kids' ability to interpret facial expression. They're ruining their kids' educations by allowing the government to shut down the schools. They're ruining their kids' education by going on Zoom. They're ruining their kids' abilities to relate with friends because they're not having friends over. They're not doing anything. But then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no big deal. Got to go home. Show's over. Well, we're just going to flip on a dime. Why? Because it's not the sky falling. It's Joe Biden's poll numbers falling, and we got to do something to save him. All of this is political opportunism nationwide. And what you're seeing more and more is people have had enough of it, and the Democrats are realizing this is showing up in polling. So we've got to do something. So in Delaware and New Jersey, you know, New Jersey, nobody saw it coming and the governor almost lost his reelection because of a COVID backlash. And the the spinners are out on Stacey Abrams' case. Here's Bakari Sellers on CNN. Yeah, I mean, in politics, is it unhelpful? The answer is yes, because now we're talking about it on CNN. Trust me, they're going to be talking about it on Fox News all week long. And so it definitely ain't helpful. The people, though, who are outraged weren't going to vote for Stacey Abrams anyway from a public health perspective or from a just a pure perspective did she make a mistake if my kid was in the classroom would i be outraged the answer is definitely not Uh, stacy abrams is not trying to harm children she was not flaunting our regulations purposefully she took a picture with her mask off and everyone else had their mask on so there's not an issue there but politically she probably wants the day back because now she's going to lose a week or two having to deal with this issue, which is for the most part a non-issue. A non-issue. No, actually, it's a very big issue. The left can dismiss this. In fact, a lot of people say it really is a non-issue, but it's not. Because the issue is not about wearing a mask. The issue is about deciding that you can flaunt the rules that others can't. The issue is about showing that I am an elite and the rules don't apply to me. That's what she's doing with that. That's what she's doing. And it shows. Now, I got to put this in a level of perspective. Some of you won't appreciate. You know, nationally, Stacey Abrams is has made the, the problem is she's believing her own press. Stacey Abrams has begun to believe her own press, and that's bad because it allows her to believe she is invulnerable and a great politician. When You know, the, the highest office Stacey Abrams ever won was a state representative seat in Georgia. That's it. And she was personable, and she was likable, and she got along with Republicans, and then she started taking her press seriously, and she's kind of uh, no longer laughs at the jokes she would have once laughed at. She takes herself very seriously. You, you know, the um, uh, we, we need the, the what's the Black Betty song? Uh, Black Beto. We, we need to do it because she is is now the, the black female Beto O'Rourke. She believes her press and keeps running for things unsuccessfully, convinced that just one more time and she'll do it. Ramble she'll 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 get in the governor's office this time. 
The problem here is she's not a great retail politician, and this is indicative of that. A few weeks ago, Stacey Abrams decided to avoid Joe Biden on a campaign stage when he was coming through Georgia to talk about voting rights, which is Stacey Abrams' defining signature issue. It is. Objectively so. It is her issue. Fair Fight Georgia is the name of her group, and she's got a Fair Fight nationwide group fighting for voting rights. She wouldn't be on the campaign stage with Joe Biden, and she says, I'm sorry, I got an appointment I can't get out of, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. And now she's got this, where she makes everybody else mask up around kids so she doesn't have to. This reminds me, this did not get national coverage. All, all the national media was just making kissy face with Stacey Abrams in, in 2018. And uh, the reality was she wasn't a great retail politician there. And arguably, the thing that really hurt Stacey Abrams was at the end of the campaign, a hurricane rolled through Georgia, damaged crops, destroyed property. In fact, it was so bad that the number of farmer suicides could measurably be seen to spike after the hurricane. Farmers lost everything. They were already in debt from a prior hurricane. A number of them committed suicide. It was that bad. And what was Stacey Abrams' response touring South Georgia? Well, now you don't have to be stuck in an agriculture job. You can go to Atlanta and get a job in the hospitality industry. That's actually what Stacey Abrams' position was. And it blew up in her face. It was a tone-deaf statement she never should have uttered, and anyone with a real sense would have probably figured it out. But when you're Black Beto and you believe your press and Vanity Fair and Time Magazine give you glowing press coverage and front-page coverage just like Beto O'Rourke got, you tend to believe you're invulnerable to these things, and you can just blow it off, and it's no big deal. And it was a really big deal to the voters as is this around the country when politicians demand that you wear your mask everywhere, demand that your elementary school kids mask up in kindergarten, and then the politicians themselves say, eh, I don't have to follow that rule. I'm above it. It's going to leave a mark. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425 if you would like to be on the program. I, I You know, I've been thinking about this, been thinking about it. Sometimes my brain works, and I've seen other people start saying this stuff. On the vaccine mandates and the like, is there a hidden cost that we aren't paying attention to? Now, follow along with me here. There are a lot of people who don't want to get vaccinated. They, they just, they don't want it. They, they want nothing to do with it. They have no desire. And the government's response to that is, well, you have no say in the matter. You must get vaccinated. And businesses as well have said you must get vaccinated or lose your job. And a lot of people don't want it. And let's keep in perspective here. We were told that the vaccine would prevent us from getting COVID, and not only does it not, but people can get it and spread it even with the vaccine. Most vaccines keep you from getting infected. 
you get the vaccine, you get the MMR, you're not going to get measles, mumps, and rubella. You get the the vaccine for yellow fever, you're not going to get yellow fever. I had to get the yellow fever vaccine when I was little. It was miserable. I got yellow fever from the yellow fever vaccine, a mild case, but that's how it worked. You get a very mild case, and then you're not going to get it. You're going to get lots of immunity from it. Typically, we understand how vaccines work. They use portion of the virus. In some cases, you get a very mild form of it, and then thereafter, you don't get it. It's worked fairly well in the process. But with this vaccine, that's not the way it works. Maybe calling it a vaccine is is the wrong thing. Or like the flu vaccine. The number of people I know who say, well, I'm not getting the flu vaccine. I always get the flu when I get the flu vaccine. In a lot of cases, the flu vaccine, they guesstimate what the strains of the flu virus will be for the coming year. They put it into the flu vaccine. And if they've guessed wrong, you're going to get the flu. And I'm one of those people. I am one of those people who, when I get the flu vaccine, I am miserable for 24 to 48 hours. Same way with the COVID vaccine, I was miserable for a while. But what's the damage done when in the future people decide, you know, I'm just not getting any vaccines. They can't make me do any of this. They haven't been reasonable with this and the vaccine didn't work. You know, it used to be that the anti-vaxxers were rich lefties. The greatest enclaves of anti-vax conspiracy theorizing were on the left. And you notice that they never went after uh, the the left-wing conspiracy theorists for anti-vaccines. Like, they're going after Joe Rogan for having people on. Uh, By the way, he had on Sanjay Gupta. I saw someone on on Twitter say, if Robert Malone made people anti-vax because he went on Joe Rogan, uh, why didn't Sanjay Gupta make people pro-vax when he went on uh, Joe Rogan's show? But how many people now are just going to generally cast doubt on vaccines generally and not get them because of the way the government handled the COVID vaccine, the way they advertised it, the way they sold it, the way they talked about it, the way they forced people to get it, and it clearly doesn't work the way it was advertised. I suspect we are headed into an age of really easily preventable healthcare crises because people are going to react to the government in that way. People do not trust the government and its prognostications on health anymore. And while I get it, I think most of the people in government don't get it. They don't understand their trust has been abused and people don't listen to them anymore. And that's going to have long-term damaging effects on all of us. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Bill, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Hi, uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Fine, thanks. Um, When I heard your conversation with Congressman Heiss last week, I was a little bit bothered that you both seem to be taking the position that uh, the vaccinations in the military are wrong, the mandatory COVID. Mm-hmm. And the reason I take that position is, is I was in the Air National Guard for 31 years, and I got, from looking at my shot record, approximately seven or eight mandatory vaccinations, including yearly flu, which, as you said, is not always very effective, but it was necessary. I had to take it, and um, I had to take the anthrax vaccination back in the early 2000s, which was extremely controversial, but I'm not aware that anybody ever 
uh, chose to to uh, disobey orders and get discharged over this. And I'd just like to ask you why COVID is different. And I feel it's really hurting our military when um, we have such so political an issue over this vaccine. That Why is it different? Uh, so I understand your concern. And if you are in the military and the commander-in-chief wants you to get it, um, he, he, he gets to make you get it. I mean, between the anthrax vaccine and everything else. My issue is this. Um, there was a time when the COVID vaccine, when the Delta variant was dominant, was an effective means of combating it. Uh, at this point, the COVID vaccine can certainly reduce your symptoms, but you can still get it and spread it. When the military vaccine order came through, it was about getting the vaccine to eliminate uh, COVID. And I think, by the way, they should. I absolutely think if you're in the military or anywhere else, you should get the vaccine. The problem is, by the president's own language, when he told the troops they had to do it, he told them to do it to eliminate uh, the the threat of getting COVID. And that's not going to happen. It's just not. Uh, So if he went through and he said, do it, um, they should do it because he's the commander in chief. He gave them an order. But the reason for making them do it is kind of nuts at this point because it's not as advertised by the president. Now, that being said, to your larger point, yeah, you know, I mean, we've made soldiers get the co- get the anthrax vaccine, a deeply painful round of vaccines, by the way, that nobody else has to get. And they were uh, at the time, I guess, still classified as experimental in, in some way. So I, I understand the politicization. It is a frustrating part of, of it. But at the same time, I also think when the president tells the troops, you got to get this so that we stop spreading COVID and you're not going to stop spreading COVID from getting it. You got to do better than that. You, I think you've got to do better. We shouldn't be politicizing the soldiers in this regard, but also we need to recognize that uh, we're not going to stop COVID at this point. Now, all of that being said, I want you to hear me again, all of you. If you can, you should. And the reason you should is because if you get COVID, your case of it will more likely than not be minimal. There have been a few people who have said, well, actually, you know, I know people who got far less sick from it uh, than those who were vaccinated. Anecdote is not evidence. That's true. Anecdote is not evidence. And uh, yes, that does happen. But overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, the vaccines are really effective, just not in the way they were originally advertised. Now, I got to talk, speaking of the vaccines and the mandates, the trucker protest in Canada. This is actually getting, uh, I'm, I'm surprised by the coverage it's getting, although a lot of the media is very, very negative towards it. Uh, by now, you all know there have been massive trucker convoy protests throughout Canada, particularly in Ottawa. Uh, in, in the capital of Canada, they have jammed up the city, and the police are acknowledging there are so many tractor-trailer trucks in the city that not only is it making it difficult for them to to get to people Uh, who need help, but they can't get these people out. They're stuck. It hasn't turned violent. It has been peaceful. Contrary to what Justin Trudeau and others have said, it's been very peaceful. And and their whole thing is they don't want to be forced to get a vaccine that isn't going to stop a virus in order to be able to do their jobs. Making their jobs dependent on this vaccine is at this point absurd. You know, I, I got a question for you. Originally, it was the Democrats who cast doubt on the COVID vaccine. 
Many of the same Democrats who are now bullying people into getting the vaccine were originally skeptical of it very vocally because it was being rushed. They felt like it. Now that that they're in charge, they want everyone to get it. And if you raise skepticism about it being rushed, they attack you. But it was originally their concern. So I got to wonder, I I, I really do wonder, what would it have been like had instead of forcing people to get the vaccine, the Biden administration gave massive amounts of credit to Donald Trump. Lots and lots of credit to Donald Trump. And said, President Trump, we could use your help convincing people to take this vaccine. We don't want to make people take it. And we will not impose a vaccine mandate. But we would love to get you out on the campaign trail and convince your base to get the vaccine. Or find other people to get them to take the vaccine. Not to disrespect them not to attack them, not to alienate them, not to impose their will, but just, hey, we think it'd be a great idea. Here's Donald Trump to tell you why. What if they had done that? What if they had made a reasonable persuasion case instead of going to mandates? What if they had made a reasonable case and they got everybody on board What if they reached out to Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump and Mike Pence and all of these other people and said, hey, COVID is not a partisan issue. It is becoming a partisan issue. We would like it not to be. We think this vaccine will really help us get through this so we can get our economy open. Could we please all get together? and do PSAs or what have you, and all of us say, this vaccine's great, it works, we'll all get it. Because that's not what they did. That's what they want you to believe they did, but that's not what they did. They immediately went into attack mode. They immediately tried to weaponize it. They immediately tried to make it partisan. They immediately wanted to take credit for it and deny that Donald Trump had anything to do with it. They made it partisan. They couldn't help themselves. I wonder how different it would be, what the uptake of the virus of the vaccine would be had they tried to make a really nonpartisan, bipartisan, across-the-board effort, bridging some gaps and running a persuasion campaign to take the vaccine. You know, a lot of people still wouldn't have gotten it. But I bet a lot of people would have been quicker to get it. There was a big surge when the Delta variant hit and hospitals started filling up again there was a big surge of people getting their first round of the uh, Pfizer and Moderna vaccines who had not been convinced otherwise and finally saw members of their family and friend group getting sick and thought, you know what, we, we've got we, we to go. And had they done a better job initially of persuading people, they probably could have gone forward. And they probably could have gotten a campaign. They probably could have gotten a high uptake. 
But now their credibility is shot. Across the board, their credibility is shot. Look at the school issue. The very same people who want your young kids to still wear masks in school are the ones who are now coming out and saying, oh, turns out a year of no school in Zoom really hurt, didn't it? Parents knew this all along. For years, we've had all the studies about kids needing facial recognition to understand and process emotion. And then suddenly they want to memory hole that and pretend that never happened, that that wasn't the thing. And yet it was. Parents have lost their trust. Parents continue to lose their trust in government and in school systems. And now you've got businesses and individuals also losing their trust. There is a great trust deficit in the country right now when you think about it. The the amount of people who do not trust a single institution, you don't trust the church anymore. You don't trust the, the uh, big evangelical voices in the country. You don't trust the fundamentalist voices in the country. You don't trust the government. You don't trust corporations. You, there, there's nobody anybody trusts anymore. And instead of trying to rebuild trust, instead of trying to look at the situation and say, this is bad and not sustainable, they're just doubling down on the stupid stuff that caused people to lose their trust to begin with. I mean, look at the CNN situation. At CNN now, they're still defending and crying about Jeff Zucker. The company had a procedure in place that you're not allowed to have a relationship with someone in the office without notifying HR. And if you are that person's direct report, you can't have that relationship. Jeff Zucker was that woman's direct report. And HR, the rules of the Warner Media Company, say you can't do that. And he did it anyway. He flouted the rules because the rules were for other people, not for him. Look at the FBI right now and how the FBI has botched so much stuff. Now, whenever there's any a, a group that the FBI may be uh, looking at, you can always find a picture of people who look suspiciously like they don't fit in and say, look, those are the FBI agents. Look at the Gretchen Whitmer story. The FBI was paying off a guy to try to start this kidnapping scheme, and now they want to prosecute the guy. Sounds like the FBI was involved in getting it started. The trust in institutions in the country is beginning to collapse, and no one seems to want to fix them. I mentioned this a, a while back. Apple uh, will release these these updates to their software because they do a lot of big things, and they cause all sorts of bugs, and, and the stuff that did work no longer works. And at some point, Apple will just release an update, and it's just a bug fix update. That's it. It doesn't add anything new, nothing fancy. It just fixes the bugs. It speeds up the machines, and it fixes the bugs. At some point, we need a presidency that is going to do nothing but make government more efficient and fix the bugs. Gridlock is a feature, not a bug. It needs to be protected. But in the government, I mean, the, the post office is inefficient. The Department of Defense is inefficient. Uh, we got all the wokes in there doing social justice training instead of actually learning how to kill bad guys. On and on it goes. When are we going to have a president say, you know, we need to restore trust in the office 
and trust in the office includes restoring trust in the bureaucracy over which the presidency presides. Parents don't trust schools. Parents don't trust the government. Businesses don't trust the government. People don't trust the government. Nobody trusts anybody anymore, particularly when those people are in positions of power. And the people who are in charge, the people who have the power, look around and just drip with disdain at the people who no longer trust them, as opposed to trying to say, you know what? We need to fix the trust deficit. We need to figure out why they don't like us instead of dripping with contempt for them for not liking us. Thus far, nobody wants to do that, and it's going to keep causing us problems. One of the groups that's stepping up to try to fix these things on the conservative side is Patriot Mobile. They give a portion of their profits to the conservative movement, to the pro-life cause, the Second Amendment cause, the conservative small government cause. They are not woke, decidedly not woke. They are good Christian guys who run this company. They want your business, and it's very easy for you to move your cell phone provider. It's way easier than moving your bank. All you got to do is call them and say, here's my cell phone number. Roll it over to you. And they can do it. And they use all the towers everybody else uses so you don't have to worry about your coverage. All you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, and they can roll you over and give you free activation with my name. Now, if you say, I don't want to do it online, I want to talk to someone, they have 100% U.S.-based customer service. So call them. Patriot Mobile's phone number is 972-PATRIOT. You can talk to someone here in the United States. Tell them I sent you. You'll get free activation and you get good discounts for your teacher, first responder, a veteran, an NRA member, patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Charlie just told me to emphasize that it's singular, one word, recipe. Text the word recipe, not recipes, but recipe to 33777. You can sign up for the list. It is, um, it, it's free. You can sign up. Uh, you, you can also pay if you want. Uh, and then that money goes to help me do all the fancy recipes and stuff and buy the groceries to cook it all and make sure the recipes are right and all that. You know, I think I'm sending out my uh, smoked chicken wing recipe just in time uh, for the Super Bowl. And uh, you can get crispy skin with this. I've revised a little bit. Figure out cornstarch is the secret better even than baking powder. But nonetheless, that recipe goes out on Wednesday. Uh, if you want it, text the word recipe to 33777. Charlie put this in the uh in the the pack of st- the, the stack of stuff, global greening. It turns out that as carbon dioxide has increased, the world is actually getting greener. Um, and you know, they they tell us plant more trees to produce more oxygen to get the carbon dioxide out of the air. Uh, but it turns out that uh, more and more trees and uh, grass are growing around the world uh, because of carbon dioxide. It, it's gone up pretty strikingly in the United States. In fact, um, so much new green leaves, so many new green leaves are out there uh, from 1980 to 2020, you could cover three United States of America's, continental United States of America with, with the forest growth. That's huge. We don't talk about that. Everybody wants to talk about deforestation, but we've literally grown three continental United States worths of forests since 1980. That's impressive. Am I the only one of the age group when I hear 1980, I think 20 years ago? <laughs> it's not. Oh my gosh, I'm old. And they got 20 years ago, 1980. No, no, you idiot. That was that was 2001 was 20 years. Good grief. 
2002. Oh, my gosh, I'm old. Nonetheless, we got to move on to other things. You know, one of the other environmental problems people are having out there is, well, electric car batteries. They're getting more expensive. They are. They're getting more expensive. And it's driving up the cost of electric cars at a time the government wants more and more people to buy electric cars. They're becoming more and more expensive, not just overall like everything else, but also uh, they're increasing greater than the rest of the car market because the batteries are getting more expensive because of the wide use of lithium around the world for other things. But also, did you know that one in five Teslas is powered by coal? And in fact... Three of the five, three out of five Teslas are powered by coal or natural gas. Yeah, yeah, really environmentally friendly, uh, your coal-powered vehicle or your natural gas-powered vehicle. They don't like to talk about those things, do they? No, but it's true. All right, speaking of all these increase in costs, uh, I have been reading because you all ask me this question all the time, and I've tried my best to answer it, and I still get the question. So when we come back, Where are all the workers? The Wall Street Journal has done a deep dive, and some of it is what you and I already expected, COVID unemployment subsidies. But it's not just COVID unemployment subsidies. There are a number of reasons why there are not a lot of workers out there. And what it has left is not a massive growth in new jobs in the country, but the replacement of old jobs where people left and are now starting to come back. Biden hadn't created new jobs. We're just filling in the hole that COVID put us in or that the government put us in. We'll discuss when we come back. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building, you want to build a building, reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.